Okay, well, can we? Let's yeah, do the show, I'm sorry. I was we? just scrolling through the, the script and I saw the words "let the wenching begin." I don't remember that happening. When... <laughs> you know, the wenching. <laughs> I am Maddie, <laughs> and I am. Let the wenching begin. The mutant ages. I am Matt. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Were you going to try to come up with a cool Hellfire Club name and then you panicked? Was that what that was? I was trying to imitate you and then I realized my name wasn't Maddie. <laughs> to, like, change. Okay, also Todd is here. What is happening? This is the Mutant Ages where we review every adaptation of the X-Men, except today we're reviewing something the X-Men adapted. Bada bing! Oh shit! Oh shit! Back when we were young. to the point of our show that we we are truly running out of material <laughs> yeah, and we're, like, we're <laughs> moving backwards in time and we're like let's watch a cool tv show that chris claremont saw we're watching the gifted that's all that's left there's nothing after that except for deadpool <laughs> so that, uh, no what about what about Legion? You guys, well, okay. I said, we're like you, on the fence you, about you We're on the this. fence. You talked about this when you were discussing this very topic on the first episode of The Gifted. Now yeah, that I think about we it. were. And I, I think my other point about Legion that I've kind of realized as we're watching The Gifted is that it just isn't that much fun to tell jokes on a podcast about a 45-minute drama. The, the, it's the, just show's not... like, <laughs> the show's pretty fucking grim, honestly. It's like... Yeah. And Legion, I've already seen it, so I know it's also really fucking grim. So I'm kind of like... Well, but yeah. Legion Legion doesn't have anybody in it from the X-Men except for Legion. And it's in an alternate universe. Yeah, none of it <laughs> is like... confirmed. Yeah, it's 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 pretty thin. I just love that Gene Smart plays somebody in it. And so you can basically be like, oh, well, Legion and Designing Women take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Charlene left the Designing Women people, she decided to gather a team of mutants. You know, I, 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 you know what? You're right. It has a really good cast. I forgot that it she's does. she like okay, but she's basically playing Emma Frost on that show. Yeah, we've had this conversation before. I think that was the origin of the every time Ryan sees a blonde woman, every time he <laughs> sees a blonde Emma. woman in white, it's Emma. Yeah. <laughs> Except now we finally have an Emma on what we're reviewing today. We have an Emma who's not blonde and she's not wearing. She's white. not blonde, but she does have perfect cheekbones. Who wants to explain what we're doing here? I nominate because... Todd as this was Todd's idea originally. Okay, so. Before, actually, you know what you can do while I'm explaining this? Because I don't know which one of these came first, but I'm pretty sure it's this show. The BBC, uh, a billion years ago, uh, towards the dawn of television, I'm going to say it was with the early 60s. So TV had not actually been around that long in the early 60s. BBC was making a show called The Avengers, and it was kind of like a 40-minute, 40, 45-minute action spy 
comedy question mark. Um, <laughs> and it was about John Steed, who was played by Patrick McNee and uh, a series of women partners of the women partners. The middle one was named Emma Peel mm-hmm. uh, and she was played by Diana Rigg. And that's the only episodes of the show I've ever seen <laughs> because everyone has said the other seasons with the other women suck. I didn't even uh, realize there were multiple <laughs> Women. I thought it was Me just either. her. This is yeah. the first time yeah. hearing of it. She was she was the second. Well, she was the famous one. And part of that is because while she well, her run of the show is when the Avengers was picked up in the US by ABC. What year was that? Um and so it was uh nineteen sixty something. I can say five or six. I'm frantically Googling. Yeah. So, but I think Americans remember more of the episodes with Emma because those are right. the ones that aired in the U.S. So the, the show is basically these John Steed and Emma Peel who work for this nameless British government organization that is basically, you know, it's very spy stuff, right? Like, uh, mm. and it's very Cold War. Yeah. And that's part stuff. of this episode, too. I mean, not that we watched enough of the show to really have any long running Cold War plot, but the ongoing conflict is part of it, I guess I could say. It's very episodic. Like, there's really no ongoing serial stuff. OK, fair so enough. pretty much every new plot is a new thing. There's a there's a great episode that's about Colonel Sev, kind of a Russian mastermind genius. And it turns out that he's spoilers for a 60 year old show. It turns out that he's um, four people. <laughs> And Sev PSEV is the initials of the people who run oh, it. Oh, wow. And that they kill, Colonel Sev kills people with like toy planes that he gets people to order whenever he arrives in a city. And there's lots of terrible shots of like the Thunderbolts esque toy planes not really moving, but they're kind of jarring the camera to make it look like it's what flying. This is like a Montana Max from Tiny Toons. Like, what's <laughs> happening? Yeah. There is some kind of like live action Tiny Toons energy. Like, there is a plot point in the episode. We we watched that involves a pair of rubber scissors and like that still confuses me to this day maybe maybe we'll finally explain that part of the episode it was explained all was right we should, extra hold on. context so, though we watched this episode physically in the same room yeah yes. when i came up to boston for my birthday so we were we all did. in the i really wish that we had had like a hidden microphone i mean i considered it i did consider <laughs> because that it would have recorded the like 10 minute conversation we had about the scissors okay but here's what the microphone would have recorded it would have recorded me and ryan just screaming over and over it's the hellfire club it's jason wingard oh my god it's emma frost oh my god it's jason wingard oh my god it looks exactly like him okay. oh my god it's all the same characters chris claremont really did just copy this word for word didn't he <laughs> oh my god that would have been what the recording she's not kidding was. that is it pretty much been what happened helpful uh but this is this is the episode that ryan and i have referred to many times on this show without having seen it but we're just we were just kind of aware of it and we're like well we know there is this old episode of tv that the Hellfire Club was based on, was inspired by, and Emma, Emma Frost, her name is inspired by Emma Peel, and the corsetry and the sort of goofy medieval meets colonial outfits that everybody wears. There's a lot of like time period flattening in the costuming of the Hellfire Club here and in the comics. It's not even just like the Emma piece where she also wears the same costume as um, Celine, Jean Grey. Well, yeah, oh, the Black Queen generally. The Black yeah. Queen, but also I guess you're right. Celine is also the Black Queen, so she could wear a similar outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are characters in this who are straight up those characters like there is a character who looks like jason wingard 
And then there's another dude who looks like Harry Leland, like to the T. And there's another dude yep. who, like Donald Pierce, has a metal hand. It is like, yep. It. Yeah, I didn't realize it's pretty blatant. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize how far. Like, I like how there's so many plot points in the X Men that are major plot points that is inspired by inspired Chris Claremont to write because he watched something that made him horny, and so therefore <laughs> he put it in his comics. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yep. but. Yep, and, yep. Like, it's so crazy because the Hellfire Club and Emma Frost are huge staples to the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And to, like, look at this and be like, they're actually inspired by this other episode of TV that is not Marvel's Avengers. It's a different Avengers. No, it's like that's the, other the layers part are, like, it. out of control, honestly. Like, I... And not to be confused with the famous 90s Avengers film that Todd loves. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, do not. With Uma Thurman. I, <laughs> Who the hell else is in that? I don't even remember. Oh my god, Sean Connery was the bad guy. Was he really? Was, I'm going to make it rain real hard everywhere, which didn't yeah, make he, sense It was like then. a weather machine or something yeah, that he was, was creating. Exactly. One good thing came out of that movie, and it's the remix they did of the theme song, which is excellent, and everything else is a disaster. Do you know who played freaking John Steed in this? It was... Ray Fiennes. Yeah. Ooh. Right? I love him. Yeah, he's... Yeah, who doesn't? So here's what I learned today, actually, because I didn't watch Game of Thrones. I was When I was talking to Chris, yeah. I mentioned that we were going to record an episode about the Avengers tonight, and I was just like, oh my god, I love Diana Reagan that so much. And she was just like, oh yeah, I loved her on Game of Thrones, too. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, I didn't know she, she was on she that. She was Lady Olena. She oh. was the I want her to know it's me old lady. Wow. Okay, you know what's crazy is that I did not know that was her, but as soon as you were I describing this, was I was her, like, but of she, course it's her. Yeah, I was like, that has to be who it is. And you said that as like, it's okay, the shape of yeah. her face. Like, as soon as you watch a video of it, I went to YouTube and I'm like, shit, oh God, that is Diana Rag. Holy fuck. Amazing. <laughs> but also, I was thinking just about like the character she plays on that. On Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. it's like a character Which is like she would play. Quietly man eaterish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. So good. Which is also Emma Frost's energy. Well, I mean, Emma was based sort of, on her, so there's yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. In fact, we were watching this episode, and I said to Maddie, or maybe she said it to me. In fact, we probably said it in unison. We said it at the same time, staring that at each other. Whoever is playing Emma Frost in the MCU needs to go and reference this episode yes. of tv because this. yeah it is the basis of who emma frost is as a character i mean obviously at this point she has grown into a completely different well maybe not completely different but, but she hasn't she hasn't though yeah because so this character that diana rigg is playing i guess the main difference from emma is that she in this show is a spy infiltrating the hellfire club as yeah. opposed to just a member of it who later decides to abscond but she still has the quick wit, that dry yeah. tone. It's, she's Emma to a T. Yeah, exactly. When Grant Morrison was writing New X-Men, I'm sure he watched these episodes because the way that he wrote her in her dialect mm-hmm. is almost like like straight up the same as Diana Rigg and how she played mm-hmm. Emma Peel. Like it is that same tone. I wish I wish we could get some good clips here, Maddie. Do you want to scour the entire episode and put it into this? Yeah, no, I'll put in some I'll put in some Diana Rigg one liners okay. for sure. Okay. I feel like that's most of the fun. I sense a bribe. Nonsense. I want you to get the first fruits of my labors. <laughs> what nasty situation have you got in store for me this time? Hmm? You have your own built-in early warning system, you know. A certain look in the eye. Roses. 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 
roses. I don't I don't know that like going over the plot is a thing we can do, but we can try. Let's try to go over the plot. I don't know. <laughs> um I remember there being like a lot of funny shit happening because this is a sixties TV <laughs> show. So there's like somebody like sitting in like a vampire hall watching TV and like on the TV somebody like blows up. Yeah, and opening chocolates really <laughs> slowly. That's the first that's what the show starts on. Right? And, that like, is what the show starts on. It's it starts on who who we later find out is Courtney, right? Like the guy in charge of the. Is this the guy played by Peter Wingard? Peter Wingard, the yeah. actor. <laughs> hmm. Wonder if that inspired Chris Clairon in, in any, any way, way to change Mastermind's <laughs> canonical name to be Jason Wingard. It's like shortly after he watched this. Back to you, Todd. The, the camera starts on him in a chair, and it's just his hands, and he like takes a bonbon or something out. Yeah of a container and he's trying to unwrap it and it takes I'm gonna say a year like he seriously is unwrapping this candy for a solid three minutes of screen time while the exposition goes down and hasn't managed it by the end it's amazing actually it's so good I really didn't know what to think of this show when that scene started because I I mean I still kind of don't but I was like what is Todd having us watch right now? Like a man is unwrapping a chocolate very fucking slowly. And what's on the TV is a really weird prank being played on an international official, uh, I guess, um, who is, I think, a Russian guy who yeah. like is is doing international relations with uh, Western countries. And he smokes a rubber cigar that explodes. I think that's... Yeah. That's it, right? And it yeah. just it humiliates him. So somebody, the Hellfire Club, I guess, is playing these weird pranks on dignitaries for reasons. I <laughs> I I can't they're I don't know why. Really we, we never kind of find out other than like I guess they're just anarchists. Yeah. Like that's kind of the vibe that we get at the fucking orgy that the show ends on, which is not even me doing a bit, by the way. It's literally just an orgy. Yeah, like, it is an orgy. That's true. That was very, very dirty. So when did this... Sh- I, I know the show was shot in the 60s. Was it, I can't remember if it was actually taking place in the 60s or if it was yeah. earlier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's All supposed right. to be... It aired... Because I have a wiki of it open in front of me. It aired February 15th, 1966. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I just remember like in that opening scene, I was like, oh, this aesthetic is so nice. It's like a luxurious vampire hall. And Dina, Maddie's wife, was like, this looks ugly. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan is like, this is my entire aesthetic is Castlevania games. <laughs> But okay, so for people who've never seen the show, and it's on, we found out, I was like, well, and I would give you my Amazon lock-in, because I bought, like, the whole Emma Peel run, mm-hmm. and Maddie was like, no, I think we can just, what, you didn't buy it, right? Like, we just watched it Yeah, we just watched it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So you can just watch it on Amazon Prime, but, like, this show, the average episode had a budget of about a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and in this one, barren. they spent that whole dollar on the weird gloves. On clothing. Like, they spend it all on costumes. The weird every Donald time. Pierce glove and the, the sexy collar that Emma Peel wears when she becomes the Black Queen. And remember, it was 1966. So, like, actual TV technology for filming episodes, not great. So every time they had a scene outdoors at night on the show, they just filmed it during the day. And we're like, it's nighttime. Use your imagination. It's so <laughs> they're, they're like, they won't notice. It's a black and white anyway. So Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. 
It's amazing. It's, it's so like, it's good. dark. It's fine. And like it, everything kind of feels it. like a play. Like the sets are really simple. There's only yeah. like a few characters total in the episode. But, I mean, this is like this is what TV was back then, though. It's not yeah. like this is yeah, something exactly. specific to this TV show. This is just how production yeah. was in the sixties. Yeah. Yep. This set with this weird vampire manner aesthetic. Um, comes back. Yep. No, doesn't come back. This no, I think it after. does. Is this not where the orgy is set? Oh, no. I mean, in a different episode. Oh. <laughs> and I think they reused a Scottish castle set that they had done Amazing. like an entire season previously. Great. Because some of the rooms look exactly the same. If you really want to do if you really want to check it out, watch Castle DS. <laughs> And then watch this episode. Great. Oh, that was also the the name of the episode is a touch of brimstone. Yeah, because I, I believe. Did you say that already? No, I didn't. I didn't say that. And also, <laughs> is is I've already forgotten this because it's been too long. Is the club in this just called the Hellfire Club? Yeah, it is. It right? is. Yes. It, I mean, because like, it's based no... on, as Todd told us, the actual Hellfire Club that exists. Courtney has that whole. He has that whole soliloquy where he's talking about like he's just lists off alternate aims of hell for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> was it hell or was he talking about Lucifer? He's like, yeah, he's like hell, purgatory, limbo. That Pluto, that limbo, that place and I'm just like, below. Jesus. And we were like, not all of these are exactly <laughs> synonyms, but I forgot. Kurt is incredible. Like, he is one of the weirdest fucking villains I've ever seen on this show. He's and super I'm including hilarious. the Russian guy that was actually four people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's basically Jason Wingard, right? I mean, I, I think he's supposed no, no, to be a I freaking thought, weirdo. Wait, isn't Cartney. Cartney is. Um, Sebastian Shaw, right? Oh, of course. He yeah, would I guess be. He's kind he of would both. be Shaw. Yeah. yeah, because there isn't really a mastermind character in this. No, there's kind of like true. a Sebastian Shaw, and then there's the Harry Leland guy, and, Donald, and Pierce. Um, Donald Pierce, and then everybody else is sort of negotiable. The important thing is, other than the Donald Pierce analog, who literally has like a claw hand. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody has any like superpowers. That's like Cartney's entire superpower is that he's fucking rich as shit. Like that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, to be fair. Is a pretty fucking good superpower being incredibly rich, but and his super villain aspect is that he's into BDSM and medieval cosplay. I, and, I getting drunk, and being an I anarchist, guess. I mean, I guess that part's bad. Also, <laughs> like that part is actually not good. Is that he's just well, wreaking thing, havoc the, we, on a world stage by like mailing cigars that blow up to people. We glossed over that, like the the Russian guy with the blowing up cigar is just like, well, fuck you, British people. <laughs> yep. You did not. You reject diplomacy. I go back to Russia. Now, yeah, right? exactly. Like, like he is playing pranks on people on these dignitaries, but it is actually causing problems for international relations. Like it's actually having an effect. Well, yeah, eventually somebody like dies or something. I don't really remember. Well, but it. that I think is an accidental death question. That's what the mark? scissors later when it's like we didn't put in the rubber scissors. <laughs> So he electrocuted himself. The scissors. Yeah, we gotta get to the scissors, guys, because I gotta finally understand the scissors. (laughs) This episode is so fucking dumb. Sorry, I'm reading this. It is dumb. I should put the summary in the Slack so that you can have it in front of you. I'm looking at the script. Well, I'm just looking at this script. And I know like like the next major scene is when uh, Emma Peel goes in to meet with Cartney, who is Sebastian Shaw. Right. And it's like she's undercover and she's trying to collect charity. 
I believe. Yeah, she's pretending to be a woman who is seeking a charitable donation for something. Basically as an excuse to talk to an evil rich guy. But she doesn't tell him what for. She's just like, I'm here collecting charity. And he's like, okay, here's a thousand bucks. Well, she's she's like, have you seen Diana Rigg? It's not an issue for her. She's there collecting charity. Yeah. No further questions. No, no. It's it's here in the script. Oh, she tells him at the end on the way out. But she's he's already given her the check. Well, that's because he was like, I'm going to bone her later. And she's so not interested in in a very Emma Frost kind of way where he keeps on like hitting on her. And she's like, I don't need that. I just need your charity. And she's like, that's right. Like, Like, I'm looking at the line she need to be the honeypot. She kind of is like the honeypot is only going so far. I'll flirt with you, but I'm not going to have sex. Like, she's not James Bond. She's like, she's not right here. Like 10 feet away from me. That's where I'm gesticulating. This happens a lot on this show where Seed is like, hey, go seduce a man. But it's always like (laughs) Emma is clearly (laughs) smarter than anyone he sends her to seduce. Right. right? So there's always this note of just like, okay, look, men are morons. You both know it. Could you just be a little slutty so they give you what we want? I'm going to quote this piece right here where he's giving her her the money and he's just like Mm -hmm. your eyes have a remarkable depth will you dine with me tonight and she goes a thousand guineas is most generous and he goes tomorrow night i'll pick you up wherever you say she goes i'm sorry i'm busy but i should be most grateful for your donation now (laughs) now Like so, she is a queen. <laughs> She's just like fork no. over the money. She's like shut pig. the fuck it's up. It's such a fin dom scenario. <laughs> it's great. Her energy is perfect. Oh my um, god. So Steed has his own uh, version of a spy spy move that he's okay, doing. Steed is. <laughs> Okay, so I don't know Avengers as well as Todd does, but I was like, Steed is kind of terrible. He like just wanders into this guy's house. It's like the butler yeah. is there. He's just wandering around drinking the people's like he's literally picking up a cigar, lighting he's like, it. Kind of just barely dodging the butler's gaze. He picks up an empty glass out of a case and like pours some wine in it, and he's walking around drinking. And I'm like, he's like a video game character on a stealth mission where he's like collecting oranges from spare trays and like opening chests and stuff. And he's like, well, the guard is facing away from me, so he's not. Gonna well, like see the NPC, the fine. NPC is in the other room vacuuming the same spot over and over again. It yeah, that kind of the event. is what like, happens here. <laughs> and then eventually the event is triggered. That is John Steed. That is John Steed <laughs> to a T. He's he's very much presented as like an upper crust British guy who just happens to be a spy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just so he's just like, oh, what? A sherry. I'd love a sherry. I know I'm supposed to be looking through your files, but I am so thirsty. <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's the kind of I also like how Emma and Steed never change their names. Like they have no aliases <laughs> whatsoever. Yes! Like Anytime they meet anyone, suspect or no, they're like, yeah. My name's I'm Emma Peel. Full name, <laughs> Emma Peel. Yeah, it's it's wild. But I guess it's like, well, the internet didn't exist. It was really hard to track people at this time. So they didn't really need aliases in the same way. To be fair, a lot of the bad guys on this show die. Yeah, <laughs> or are stupid. Episode. To so. a certain degree, I know. Okay, so Austin Powers obviously is parroting James Bond, but I think a lot of right. it is also from this as well. Because it's I think like, you're right. I believe because it. he's just Austin Powers everywhere he goes, and and I feel like some of the jokes of Austin Powers are like the idea of a Brit being 
as sexualized as James Bond is. Like he has the bad teeth, for example, he wears the gaudy suits. Like a lot of it is like Mike Myers making fun of the Brits. But yeah. there's there is sort of an aspect to Steed that is so goofy and slapstick that you do wonder if Mike Myers watched it and like took some inspiration from it. I mean, well, probably because Steed is like in every scene that he's in, he's like he's so fucked up like he's like drinking smoking there's a part where like he's like doing okay. he's like steals some cocaine and just like does the cocaine and leaves yeah. i'm like what is with this guy yeah he's like a real tracer, tracer jolt. jolt okay i, literally I just said that. that oh my god literally gino reference gino. for whenever we make that podcast anyway, yeah uh, i i feel like we need to get to that scene because there is a scene where steed needs to like drink a lot of alcohol as like a challenge on the part of the hellfire club and it's like an amount of alcohol that would kill a man and he just fucking does it it's not explained like he drinks all of it and is fine for the rest of the scene with it never being referenced and like that's crazy and there's no trick trick. it's not like you see him it's not like you see him pouring it or anything he is just capable of drinking an entire fuck off bottle of vodka just like gin or something it's just clear liquor doesn't that's what he does blow is directly after right so that actually does check out because not that you guys need to know this but like when you drink and then you blow it counteracts the liquor okay but ryan not when you drink a boot full of vodka no but i don't know i just i <laughs> we don't know what the fuck was in it it yeah, could have been exactly. like deer's blood for all we know like yeah honestly it been water i don't know well it probably was for the, the actor cocaine ha- the cocaine happens later it's the thing with the chocolate off of fingers happens right after that mm, right but that has an actual trick that he gets out of like that part made sense to me because he like uses a trick yeah. to get all right out of all right okay the- we're all over the place i think we definitely like a half hour in the episode so by emma, emma gets the money from the guy and steed is investigating this the this house, other guy's right. house and yeah. so this is i love this on the script where it says steed enters looks for fine scissors horace says hey and then it cuts to the next scene that's not what happens in the episode no. there's like a whole fight scene, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a whole fight scene. Wait, okay so steed is like oh shit the guy's coming back and i'm partially drunk i should do something about that and he literally hides in a closet yeah. he opens the door to the closet I think he, he punches the guy yeah he like opens the door on him and then there's like a really slow fight scene because they couldn't afford fight choreographers obviously so they're just like slowly punching it, each other if you want to know what this fight scene looks like you can go you over can to D-Man on I was going to say go to the Mutant Ages, go to D2 D-Man. and see that scene where I hit Glaude over the head with a chair. You know. Yeah, it's exactly like that scene. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we left out something important. And I know we're not going to like deeply recap this or anything, but so Emma was looking at Cartney, who they think they they think from the beginning Cartney is the problem yes. because every time one of these tricks happens, he's nearby, like he's shot nearby. And Steed is looking into Lord Darcy, who is related to Cartney, but they don't really know what's going, like, what their relationship is. Right, they don't know there's a secret society yet. Right. And Darcy's not gonna, he's not gonna make it. <laughs> and in every Avengers, <laughs> in every Avengers app, like, the big bad villain has a dumb fuck henchman who is basically there to accidentally give details just to Emma and Steve, and then he dies. Like, that's what happens. That that is later, and it's so good. I laughed so hard. It's amazing. (laughs) Again, kind of worth watching this episode. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. So fun. Pretty good stuff. So he 
basically finds these rubber scissors in Darcy's study. And I, so they're like... And there's like multiple pairs of them, as I recall. So I don't know. They were like trying to figure out why. He goes back to Emma and he's like, what's up with these rubber scissors? And she's like playing with them. And so th- they have this really quick-witted, like sort of thin man style. Like she's like, well, I couldn't make a paper dolly. And like that that's just kind of like how they all talk constantly. Yeah. They talk like Emma Frost. Like that's exactly. what, you exactly. know. It's good, it's good old school paper. It's amazing. It is. It um, is. So they put it together that there is an event, like a ribbon cutting event where these scissors are going or some pair of scissors is going to be used to cut a big fancy ribbon at like a big public event. So definitely a place where you'd get humiliated, maybe if you were pranked by using some rubber scissors. So this is where I don't understand it anymore. The rubber scissors (laughs) aren't used in this scene. Real scissors are used instead. Yes. And there's like but an explosion. Then, <laughs> then that's also really bad because it turns out that the thing that the dignitary is cutting is actually like a live wire. Yeah. And it electrocutes him and he dies. And if yeah. he had been using rubber scissors, he wouldn't have died. So Well, here's here's my theory. <laughs> so all they're really trying to do is embarrass people. Right. I think the plan was he's going to use the rubber scissors and can't cut the tape and everyone's very embarrassed, blah, 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 blah. And then because when Steed finds the scissors, he picks them up and takes them with him. So the scissors are gone. And I think that is when the club is like, okay, well, what if we just electrify the thing he's cutting and he'll get shocked and that'll be funny only he fucking dies that wasn't my (laughs) read my read was that they are pulling these pranks but then cartney himself actually is trying to murder these people and is like like doing that i believe that through these like he's using these people to be better that you guys don't know either by the way but i mean like (laughs) They never really explain it. Like that's yeah, the- I just I, I think what's happening is that Cartney's like, we're gonna pull these pranks on these uh political figures to embarrass them because it's funny, mm-hmm. but also I'm trying to murder them, so I'm sending you like, all secretly. out. Right. She's like, so he's sending these people out to do these jokes, but then he's also fucking with the people doing the jokes right. to actually kill these people. Right, because he is an anarchist and sort of in the end his moment. This is, I mean, this, this is a very Sebastian Shaw move and this guy is based, yeah. I mean, Sebastian Shaw is based off of Cartney, so that's that, I mean, because I that's the kind of shit Sebastian Shaw does. <laughs> like, you know, he's always yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, that part follows for me where I'm like, well, the Hellfire Club is just doing behind-the-scenes machinations yeah. to achieve bizarre anarchy. I mean, why would you want the Phoenix to exist in any form anyway? I mean... So that right. all follows for me. For the record, though, like, part of the reason that this is a big deal is because Darcy, who has been helping them with these, is like, holy shit, someone died. I'm not okay with this anymore. Not to yep. be confused with Darcy from Thor. There's just another Darcy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that mental image. Yeah, I know people are con- confused because of the Avengers uh, part of it, but this isn't Darcy from Thor or WandaVision. <laughs> it's the Avengers, not the Avengers. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot it's of easy. crazy parallels here that are not intentional, and then there's some that are. So wait, is Darcy the guy who's going to die? Is that yes. the name of the guy who's going to die? Okay, yes. cool. Darcy's the patsy. He's the one that had the rubber scissors and didn't, you know, didn't use deliver. Them. Right. Yeah. So he's freaking out and he goes home to his butler and is like, everything seeps really fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) And his butler is like, by the way, there was a man here who like took some rubber scissors. Is that bad? I don't know. And they also have a conversation about 
this special club that Darcy's going to go to. Yep. That's the Hellfire Club. And these are the days when like a rich dude would say, I'm going to the club. And what he means is like basically a bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slash like country club ish. Yeah, thing or like in a men's city. club or yeah. I mean, this is this is all that people were doing for a long time was just like going to bars and drinking and that was it. <laughs> yeah, not like I mean? now. <laughs> no, I know, right? But it's like Yeah, not now. Nobody does but that like, now. But, but that's I mean, crazy. I, I see comparatively there are more things to do now and that's you true. know what I mean? That like is true. people didn't need to come up with dumb colonial outfits to wear right. while having an orgy. Oh wait, they still do that now too. <laughs> they still do that shit too. Isn't that just a convention? He's like, I'm not going to the club I eat, the Hellfire Club. I'm going to like the actual club, the building. Right. That has drinks. That's true. He's actually not going to the Hellfire Club this time, but he still dies anyway. So I guess it doesn't really matter yeah. where he goes. So there's sort of this ongoing C plot where Cartney is like not interested in having sex with women. Do you guys remember this? Yes. <laughs> I remember this because we were watching it and like Maddie and I were like, so Cartney's gay. So there's like a fully nude woman lying in bed being like, I just want you to fuck me. And Cartney's like, I don't know, I don't honestly. Know. <laughs> and like, that's the whole scene. He's like, I gave it the office. Yeah, it's later, later on, like Donald Pierce is running around. He's like all into him. I remember that happening. I was like, what's this now? I was like, this yeah, is I mean, I, I think Cartney is definitely sort of presented as at the very least a depraved bisexual. Well, we, we, we talked about yeah. that because while we were watching this, we were comparing to like Disney villains or whatever. Yes. Because we we're like, this is queer coding again. Where it's We like, already talked about his vampire lair. I mean, yeah, I you mean, can this put is the a, rest this is a queer villain. He's wearing knee-high leather boots. Need we say more? For what it's worth, I've always uh, Sebastian Shaw has always struck me as a bisexual character as well, even though like mm-hmm. there's no basis for that. Well, but... he's created by Chris Claremont, or mostly written by him. And do we need to? Everyone Chris Claremont <laughs> has touched is bisexual, whether they like it or not. Yeah, I know. So Emma goes to Cartney's house and meets up with the lady who can't manage to get Cartney to I fuck know. her. There's like a whole I'm re reading this part of the the scene, which I laughed at the time we were watching it because it's, it's just funny. like it's pretty good. It's like Emma walks in, she goes, I'm looking for Mr. Cartney and Sarah's like, he isn't here. I'll tell him you called. And Emma's like, well I'd rather wait if you don't mind. And she's she's like, I'm afraid he's busy. He won't have time to see you. And Emma's like He's expecting me. And then Cartney walks in. He's like, Mrs. Peel, this is a surprise. And she goes, half expecting. And I, it's like so good. <laughs> and, then, and then Cartney's like, oh, this is Miss Bradley, by the way. And she goes, and Emma's like, how do you do if you're busy? Like, just like, <laughs> yeah, just the way she talks. What I love about this is that we have... We have no idea what pretense yeah, Emma has none. used to oh, show yeah. up here. It's right. just showing none. up. None. And Cartney's just like, oh, well, you're here. You want to come see my, uh, my club, club in the basement? Sluts downstairs? Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. She doesn't need a pretense to be there other than being Diana Riggs. She just, Riggs. Just, she just walks in. Like, okay, sure. And <laughs> other fuck buddy is like, bitch, get out. And Emma's like, I'm already here. It's too freaking late. <laughs> and Cartney walks in and he's like, oh, great. Great. Come downstairs and put a corset on. That's later. That's later. Yeah, that is later. I think Darcy has to die first, right? This is when they, she goes downstairs and it's just he sees what they're doing. And that's when they're like, they're eating and they're fucking and they're wearing colonial <laughs> costumes and they're fucking in the colonial <laughs> costumes, like throwing shit at the fireplace and screaming, Hellfire! You know, it's like. <laughs> 
Okay, before before we get too deep into the Hellfire Club itself, because this is when he has his fucking like seven hour monologue about synonyms for hell. Yeah, you're right. Like, Roasted, toasted, grilled, cauterized until our bones crumble into that demonic heat, that fire, that Hades, that realm of Pluto, that unblessed limbo, that purgatory, that pit, that Tartarus. Finally, he screams, gentlemen, Hellfire. And then somebody <laughs> yells, let the wenching begin. Uh. Well, well, Emma is being introduced to Cartney's personal fuck club in his basement. Steed is at the club with Darcy. And it's just like, hey, you remember when? Hey, it's me, John Steed. We met at What's-Her-Name's party. Yeah, that was hilarious, too. Like, John Steed has to actually insinuate himself into conversations, unlike Emma Peel, who could just show up and everyone's like, I'm so glad you're here, honey. Um, Steed has to actually kind of lie his way into situations, but it's still really funny yes. because he doesn't have to lie because that he hard. he barely yeah. does anything, and it still it's works. Amazing. That's the best part. You have to explain, I'll explain, what's the way he gets around that is that he's like, oh, I met you at and he pretends to take a drink and talk through the drink and he puts it down. And talking through the drink. That's yeah. what that's what that noise Todd made was before. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa yeah, you like know? that is literally the line. And then the other guy just yeah. assumes he didn't hear it and that he's supposed to know. And because like their social graces are so tight laced in the upper crust <laughs> British world, he has to be like, oh, I guess I know this guy. I need to pretend I know him. Oh, OK, yeah. I better not look stupid in front of him. And like it works. <laughs> It's very, it's very Downton yep, Abbey. Like yep, it's very, yep, yep, yep. And, but the best part is that Darcy has also been drinking yes. and he gets progressively more drunk and he just tells Steve everything. everything. And I think at the time, Ryan, you like turned to us and you were like, did Steve drug him? And we were like, no, he's literally no, just he's regular, just drunk. regular drunk. And he's just like, so there's this fucking crazy club and like, you gotta wear a corset sometimes and like, I don't know, man. <laughs> and it was also, he's like, he's also talking about how they're pranking the people, the politicians yes. and killing them and Steve's like, uh-huh. He's like crying right. and he's like, that guy died and like the rubber scissors and I don't know. <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed right now. It's truly, he's just like, I can't even with this Hellfire thing right now. He doesn't say Hellfire by name, but he's just like, oh my god. Cartney is so weird. I hate everything. I want to go home. <laughs> and Steve's like, keep talking. Yeah. It's amazing. It's good. Go on. Yeah. Oh my god. It's so good. And then it goes back to the Hellfire Club where it, the yeah, same shit's going on. I have to quote this because this is fun too, where Cartney is like, I try to recreate exactly the days of the original Hellfire Club. The same atmosphere and excitement and, of course, the same pleasures. A man controls his destiny by strength of his arm and the skill of his sword and the wit of his pen and the divine right of his birth. And Emma just goes, and women. And women. Yeah. <laughs> and Cardi goes, mm, more vessels of pleasure. And she just goes, I see. And I remember yeah. like laughing so hard at it's that because she like she had like stone cold face as she's saying it and it's like yeah because she's like i notice you don't mention women in your little diatribe and he's like well yeah because i don't think they're people and she's like interesting <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> Emma's just like uh-huh <laughs> i think that was the moment where i turned to maddie and i was like people in the mcu need to watch this to understand emma frost because yeah. like, this is like <laughs> it's so good and then Darcy shows up. And then up. as they're talking, Darcy's drunk ass like stumbles in and he's like, oh, I'm Cartney, I can talk to you. And Emma's like, sorry? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, like the two plot points converge here. All of them are in the same scene suddenly. Except Steed, who's probably trying to figure out where the fuck Darcy went. <laughs> yeah, Darcy got here really fast. Uh, almost like these sets were right next to each other. And <laughs> Cartney, Cartney is like telling Darcy to shut up and is like, you're drunk. Go get some rest. Like, get out of here or whatever. And Darcy's like, I'm not going to shut up. We're going to talk about all the crazy shit you're doing. <laughs> and Cartney's like, okay, sure, whatever. I'll call a special meeting. Please just stop talking in front of this person. I don't know very well. You're really blowing our cover. You idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You moron. You tiny baby. <laughs> this is when they go down into the Phoenix. <laughs> this is when they go into the, the, the fucking Phoenix, Phoenix room. room. Yeah. yeah. So this is very much. It is that though, like because they they copied this design for the comic for books, sure. and so they go down to these catacombs that looks like the ones from the comic books, and Darcy is wearing his regular clothes, and the rest of the Hellfire Club members, that's like basically Donald Pierce, Sebastian Shaw, uh, Harry, and Leland, Harry Leland, they're putting on these cloaks. <laughs> yeah. And also, I have to th- mention this, but this, we just watched Wolverine the X-Men, what, last year? And there's that whole scene that happens in the Hellfire Club. The design is exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, and they even made Moira into a spy so that she could be Emma Peel because I don't fucking know. I, Moira? We what are you talking about? Are you forgetting that Moira in X-Men First Class strips down to her skivvies? Oh, and I thought... Scene? Have you already repressed no, no, all no, of no, that? No, 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 no. It's funny. I forgot that you were talking... You're talking about First Class. I'm talking yeah. about Wolverine and the X-Men, and I just forgot I about that. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> we're talking about two different ways that they ripped off this episode. <laughs> two completely I, I, different I'm sorry. I, I thought you were going to refer to the more direct parallel, well, yes. which does happen in first class. Right, and that is right. in the 60s, you're right. But in the Wolverine, the X-Men, it's the same setup as, like, it literally has the circular door in the middle of the room. Yeah. And then the cuckoos show up and they're wearing the cloaks in Wolverine and the X-Men. Right. I don't know if you remember that. So it's like... I do remember that. It's just, I it's do. funny that, like, how much of the Hellfire Club continues to go back and pull from this episode. And it's just like, I'm like, wow, it's like, it's kind of crazy that like, it gets like no credit other than the fans knowing that this is what it's supposed to be. And it's like this one episode. Yeah. I feel like more people should watch this episode for that reason, because we had a really great time watching it and being like, this isn't just like a slight inspiration. They, okay. They make Darcy stand in the middle of the circle. That's clearly a trap door. Like it moves when yes. he steps on the circle and they all surround <laughs> it's him. Like and, we're like, really and we're like yes. standing there and we're like, oh my God, why is he just standing on the trap door? He's like, this is. And Darcy's like, I'm going to go tell the police everything. And they like pull like a lever fucking Looney Tunes style. You just dies. It's like, it's fucking like Mr. Burns. This this scene started as soon as Darcy stepped in the center of the room. Maddie turns to me and she's like, oh, you're right. He is going to die. And less than 120 seconds later, they drop him into the river. It's perfect. Actually, all trapdoors should be this obvious and beautifully painted on the floor. I don't understand how that kills anybody, though. They like drop him into water. He drowns. They they mentioned that he there's like a river or something. And he can't. He drowns. Him, question mark i don't I know i guess none of them can well he was also super toasted oh right? that's like, true oh, that's yeah. right it's believable that a drunk no, right. as fuck right. guy right. dropped into a cold river it's like well i guess i died yeah, yeah. no you're well, right so he does fall and he's like going down he's like ah <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a really good recreation thank you thank you, you. Know, i could do it better if i could go like ah oh shit all right so in the next scene <laughs> 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 Steed and Emma regroup about the fact that Darcy died, and they're like, so what's up with this weird club? At his funeral! Oh, they're at his funeral? They do it at his funeral! Oh, I didn't realize that. 
the the script doesn't really make that clear, but you're right. Uh, this is at his funeral, <laughs> which is just fucking crazy. Yeah, I wonder if they decided that later because all it says in the script is interior courtyard. It doesn't say funeral at all. So maybe they were like, "Should we oh. have Darcy's funeral?" Well, know. it's um, so they throw throw that in there because when Cart- when Cartney shows up, Emma's like, "Oh, I guess he came to pay his last respects." So I think they were like at a wake or something. And Cartney comes into this and sees Steed with Emma, and Cartney's like. Wait, who the fuck is this? And Steed's like, ah, uh, and Emma goes, he's paying his respects and like looks at Steed being like, idiot. Yeah. You like you say something. <laughs> well, like, what's better is that Steed uh, is like, oh yes, I knew him. That was so tragic. He was just about to introduce me to your club. And Cartney goes, He was? And Emma's like, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's like a lot of moments in this where Steed says something that is like it's so bad at Emma's just like, I'm gonna quietly cover up how stupid it's you such are. A blatant lie. And, and Emma is like, I cannot believe this works. She's so, yeah. she's so annoyed. It's like, I cannot yeah. fucking believe that you can tell such an obvious lie and people will buy it. It's also hilarious because he, Steed, is working off of the the cachet that Emma has built, which is also based on literally right. nothing other than I her know. own hotness. Right. Nothing. But it exactly. still works because Cartney's like, oh, well, you know this hot woman. I guess I'll let you in the Hellfire Club. And it's like, <laughs> you barely know Emma Peel. The next, <laughs> and the next scene is Cartney bringing Steed yep. in. And they're like, well, so we're going to, Cartney's like, we're going to invite a new member. <laughs> this is the scene where Steed drinks a billion drinks and like snorts Coke and like everything else. Yes. That's, that's the initiation. Cartney's like, we're going to introduce a new member and some oh god okay so this oh my god in the script he's called tubby are you fucking wait, kidding me wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. It, it's his last name is bun <laughs> b-u-n-n and that Christ. is the harry leland lookalike <laughs> holy his shit name is tubby tubby bun. Bun. can, can, can oh. we just tubby bun. can we just say harry leland's a better name thank you chris claremont for actually naming this but man. <laughs> but is it though because the power that chris claremont gave him was like i can change your gravity and make you even heavier like that's that is, true. He did do look, that. Look, look, guys, look, you know my opinion <laughs> of fat phobic jokes, yeah. right? And you love However, Tubby Bun as a name? Is that what you're about to Tubby say? Tubby Bun <laughs> is extremely fucking funny. Oh, I'm no, I sorry. agree. It's, it's the first name, last name combination. Like, if he was just Tubby with no last name, I that mean, would be it is cute. Tubby Bun with two N's? He does kind of sound like a character in like a Kirby game. Sounds like his OnlyFans username. <laughs> <Or> that. <laughs> <laughs> so Tubby Bun has a good question here about Steed, which is, do we know him? Do we know this guy? <laughs> and Cartney goes, Mrs. Peel does. And somehow that is enough. I don't know why it would be. She's hot enough that everyone else well, is like, oh, enough. well, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he comes in. They have this absurd series of initiations. Um, we believe in the power of evil, Mr. Steed. We believe in the ultimate sins. Have you ever committed an ultimate sin, Mr. Steed? And he's like, no, no but I'm open to suggestions. Yep. You know, it's. It, I think this is literally the basis for like Dark Phoenix, though, is that he looked, he watched this scene. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, but it's going to be G. Yeah, but also it's going to be like they actually come up with something evil to do as opposed to just mailing people bubblegum or whatever the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Like, I I mean, this is a very, very funny episode. Like, it's very, like, slapstick action comedy as opposed to the Phoenix saga, which is, like, pretty fucking serious. Who the fuck is Willie? Is Willie Donald Pierce? Oh. Willie is the... Willie is... Yeah, so Donald guy. Pierce. Yeah, Got so it. Donald okay. Pierce. Who doesn't speak. Yeah. 
right? He doesn't really speak. I don't think, I think so. he can't speak because he's too busy blowing fucking Cartney at the time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so they all say Hellfire and they give <laughs> give Seed a huge boot full of liquor that he drinks with no issues at all and remains sober for the entire rest of the episode. It is a sign that is, and I'm looking at a picture, it is literally as big as Patrick McNeese. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And I, I do love this because Steed has that line where he's like, gentlemen, do you mind? The drive down seems to have given me quite a thirst, which this is at the point. He's like, fill I, it. Yeah, I was, again. I was yeah, it's, laughing because, be well, I mean, he's, he's very comical in a very um, poetic way. It's dry. And, and, yeah, it's, it's erudite and dry and just like never cracking a full smile. Just like always a little bit side eyeing. Yeah, I was watching this and I was like. You know what? I want this same scenario, but it's like Emma Frost and Hank McCoy because that is the dynamic we're watching right now. Which I think <laughs> that would be then it does that have that energy fun. for sure. Right. And then and I and could then, see Hank and doing then this. In New X Men, I feel like it was borrowed when Grant Morrison like made Emma and Beast have the same dynamic, and I was like. Am I crazy? Like, is this also happening? Is this who this is supposed to be now? I was like, this I kinda, is. I kind of see the parallels. I like yeah, that. I do too. I mean, so it's like I. I just really enjoyed Steed in this scene. Yeah, so. their, their dynamic is very, very fun. Um, so Steed passes that test and is like, "Thank you, sir. May I have another uh, frat boy style?" And they're like. Uh, uh, I guess we need to come up with another even crazier test for you because apparently you can hold your liquor ridiculously well. So this is the test that involves like, what is it? It's is a it, pee. There's a pee. They put a pee on the ground. And I'm trying to remember who swings the axe, though. Is it Donald Pierce who swings the axe? No, it's not Donald Pierce. It's Donald Pierce is the guy who... They tell the story of that's how Donald Pierce got oh, his claw. Right. Is because he tried this and lost two fingers. So they've been replaced. So you're supposed to snatch a pee out of the way before the axe slams down onto your fingers. And right. Right. Okay. it basically can't be done. And one of the miscellaneous hot hellfire guys has yeah. the axe. And okay. So I liked the way Steed got out of it, which like all you have to do is take I, the pee did, out did of I the, not the call? direction of the I remember axe. watching it. I, was like, it. I was sitting there. I'm like, he's going to fucking just blow on the pee, isn't he? And he goes, he does. Todd didn't say anything. That's exactly he kept what he does. completely silent. I'm like, he's going to blow on it. And Maddie's like, <laughs> no. And then he does that. Maddie's like, oh my God, you are right. And I was like, I think I've written yeah, too many screenplays. I'm, like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like struggling not to say anything in the background. Like, just watch the TV show. It's fine. Oh so he blows on the pee to blow it out of the way. And meanwhile, while Donald Pierce in the background is like, fuck, I should have done that. (laughs) (laughs) And then like fucking Steve gets up. He's like, thanks for the cocaine and the cigars. I'll be on my way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of this club. Oh, this is, this is when they tell him tomorrow is the night of all sins. Yeah. Whatever that means. It means that the Dark Phoenix okay. is coming, everybody. The Dark Phoenix is here. Yeah. Technically. So, I mean, like, they just do it with Emma. They're like, whatever. So then they just go ahead and give us that final scene. Like, they don't make us wait around for it at all, uh, apparently. No, it, like, goes straight into, like... Oh, no, here's the, here's the cocaine, because they... Steed leaves, and then Cartney's like, here's our evil plan. And he literally just says the entire <laughs> paragraph of his evil plan. Where he's just like, we're gonna we're gonna humiliate the government so much, and then we're gonna have a coup, I guess, right? Or whatever. But like, we'll put it into operation tomorrow evening. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, but that's, that's the night, of, the all night of all sins, bro. We were gonna sin tomorrow. I don't have time to do a coup. And Cartney's like, no, like, that's our alibi, cover. you idiot. And so make your make sure you're all here for the la- at least half an hour before our guests arrive, and then that's supposed to <laughs> make it, it all d- work. And that's when they hear Steed, who's been listening to all of this from outside, and they open the door, and Steed is there, and he's just like, 
hey, uh, you forgot your cocaine. Hands the box back to Carney and then just walks out the fucking door. Oh my god. This is why I love John It's so good. It also his line is good. He goes, your box intact, safe for a pinch or two. Like, it's so good. He just has that, like, just non-plus attitude of just like, yeah, whatever. I was listening to your whole conversation. He's like, you found me out. I fucking care. Here's your cocaine. Bye. And then just turns and leaves. like, I guess it's just that he's got such a dry wit and seems so charming that they're like, that guy's not suspicious at all. That seems fine. Like, I don't know why any of this works. The fundamental part of Seed's character is that he does things and the viewer is like, that can't possibly work. And then it does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, wait, can we we talk about that next scene where Emma and Steed are getting ready and Emma's like, why are you taking so long to get ready? And she's like, what the fuck are you doing in there? And he's, and like, he's like putting on britches and he's like, like, a he's bunch like of I things. have to look perfect for the role. And Emma's just like, why? Why are you doing any of that? She's like, you don't even look good. You look ugly. Like, she's just like, <laughs> she's, she's, she's perfect in every way. I love that this scene ends with her going, Steve, what is even going on? And he's like, tonight's the night of all sins. And the last line of the script is Emma going, oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah. all sins sounds oh my great. God. So then we go to the night of all sins. Ad-lib shouting and screaming of members and guests as orgy begins is the stage direction. This is like, the this is the piece of dialogue that I laughed so hard at. Do you remember this? When like the, all this crazy shit's going on at Hellfire Club and Steve just goes, See anything suspicious? And Emma goes, No, not suspicious. <laughs> not suspicious. <laughs> like, I yeah, screamed laughing at that line. I was just like, They're perfect. But it's like her delivery is they so are good. So dry. Like, <laughs> they are so dry. Nothing that happens ever yeah. gets to either of them. And it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Emma's just like, No, not really. They're unflappable. It's amazing. So Steed is like, maybe that Sarah woman is is gonna know something because she's, you know, the person who keeps throwing herself at Cartney and failing. And so obviously she would maybe bend under pressure because she's already disgruntled. Yeah. So that's his move is to go interrogate her. And then I don't know why. Well, Emma goes looking for her and then. <sighs> okay. We, we skipped a very important detail. <laughs> they have shown up into Cartney's BDSM yeah. basement and it is literally just people in Regency costume, men and women. And the men are just like fucking the yep. women <laughs> or drinking things. Like they're quaffing. Have you ever seen the verb quaff where like you drink but you're literally just getting half of it on yeah. you like they're quaffing yeah ad lib shouting and screaming as orgy continues that's that's also they're taking bites off yeah. of it's like the worst party i could possibly imagine in my entire life i'm on emma peel's side for all of this because she looks bored and mad the whole time and is like <laughs> who likes this i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna accidentally insult somebody about this but i feel like this is like <laughs> When the Ren Fair is closed and the cast like hang out afterward, I just imagine it's this. No, that is kind of the vibe, except that, but like only the misogynist members of the staff at the Ren Fair and like all the women on staff are trying to leave early. That's like the it's the The men's rights activist Ren Fair. It's just the absolute worst, most toxic vibes ever. I mean, I might be wrong, but I know that we've gone to cons where there will be like a bunch of people in Ren Fair costumes and they work at Ren Fairs and they also 
spend the entire con fucking and drinking oh, and like sure. eating a ton of food. And I was like, so is this what happens when the Ren Fair closes? I, like, there's just like an orgy. I honestly don't know. I mean, I've been to like what a total of five Ren Fairs in my life. I have no idea. I mean, so, I wasn't invited to any orgies at any of the ones I've been to, and I'm thankful for that. We were teenagers. Ren <laughs> Fair says I'm, an adult, right? Oh uh, well, I, that's, I, that's one I, of us. I do things in my life without you, but it is true that when we what? were teenagers, I you quit and the I show. Went to Anyway, so Emma finds some explosives. What is is, okay? I'm busy playing a game. I quit the show. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing on because I'm hungry and I would like to eat dinner after this. Uh, So Emma finds some explosives and uh, asks Cartney about them, and he's like, "I don't know. You're pretty hot, though." That's like the extent of that conversation. And Steed is trying to interrogate Sarah. And I think he manages to find out pretty much everything, right? She literally just tells him everything, just like Darcy did. Yeah, it's another, it's another, like, Steed is, talks to a drunk person and the drunk person just says absolutely every piece of information that's needed. Where she's just like, yeah, so this is the Hellfire Club. Um, everybody fucked in the original one, I guess, in 1759. And, like, now they fuck in this one. I mean, she is, like... Really fucking drunk. Yeah. She's like slurring and like she can't control her body. Like that's how drunk she is. Yeah. She's flailing around and she talks about how the Hellfire Club used to control the whole country and she goes top of the government, then take over. That's what John says. And Steed is like, did John say how he meant to topple the government? (laughs) She's like (laughs) tunnels under here, catacombs and tunnels. Well, one of them leads to Culverstone House. Now you must have heard of that. And Steed is like, yes, I've heard of that. There's a cabinet meeting there tonight. So one supposes that that's what all the explosives are for, is to uh, yeah, they're gonna blow, blow up the cabinet and kill, and kill uh, a lot of uh, yeah. cabinet members, which would be pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, this this is the Hellfire Club in the comic books that we know right here. That's that's it. Anarchy. Anarchy. So then uh, Cartney is monologuing again. Yeah, well, Emma got taken away at some point. Yeah, when, when did that happen in this script? I feel like I must have... Steed, before Steed started interrogating Sarah, Cartney was like, oh, your dress just simply won't do, and, like, a bunch of virgins grab <laughs> uh, <laughs> virgins. Emma and, like, cart her off yeah, somewhere. Yeah, a bunch of handmaidens come up, and they're like, we must dress you in a far more absurd corset. <laughs> the queen of sin is here. Okay, so the, the monologue is Cartney going, my lords, ladies and gentlemen, midnight approaches, the witching hour, and as a sign of that hour, as a symbol of all that is evil, as the epitome and purveyor of this night of sins i give you the queen of sin mrs peel she is yours to do with what you will and she this dramatic music plays she comes out wearing like the dark phoenix outfit you know she's got the fucking yeah. like corset on it's i mean this is what they based she has a snake, she has a snake. there's she's carrying a huge fucking snake. A snake and the snake is wrapped around just her arms there like i kept expecting the snake to kill somebody or do something <laughs> no the snake's just there for vibes sin is is there mr sin the snake is a character on the show i re- i know when i remember seeing this scene is that the crowd picked up and carried away and then todd goes yeah, yeah steed's not worried about her because she can kill everyone in this room that's what Todd said. <laughs> Which is true. Like <laughs> repeatedly in this show, it's proven that Emma is she is a master of like seven martial yeah. arts, right? Which is why I'm like, and yet four giggling blondes 
took her away and forced her into this costume. I, I feel like maybe she was like, <laughs> like I'll hear about. Were they ninjas? Like, I, think, I think we have to believe that on some level she was like, you know what? Sure, I'll try it on. Like, she's just like, yeah, okay, fine. Also, like, this is a BDSM scenario, obviously. They're like, do with her what you will. But also, she's kind of dressed like she's the dom. Like, she is wearing yes. a collar with spikes on it that would really hurt you if you touch them, but it's a collar. Well, and it's like, everyone starts rushing her, but at no Nobody manages to yeah. touch her, and there is kind of an aura of Diana Rigg looking down at people going like, don't you fucking Yeah, dare. it's interesting. It's <laughs> kind of like they couldn't decide whether she was being dominated or doing the dominating. Unclear. It's never yeah. really answered. She's kind of everything. She is an Ouroboros of BDSM vibes. So <laughs> she's, she's a switch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And she probably carries one, too. So then there's a steed and Horace oh my god this is this is the thing that made me crack up while you were reading something else where Darcy's butler shows up Horace (laughs) is the butler and he comes up to Cartney and goes wait a minute I know him he's like wait I know that guy he broke into Darcy's house (laughs) and the butler goes the guy who broke into Darcy's house and Steed hears this and just goes oh yeah that's (laughs) me Which is honestly like, like kind the of hilarious. Line is he's right, you know, and I'm like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, Steve. Yeah, this is a very Hank McCoy move, by the way. It is actually <laughs> so much. It's great. And Cartney's like, well, we'll settle this with a duel against Donald Pierce, I guess. Which goes on for like 15 minutes. It's yeah, no holds barred without interference to the death. Like it's it's a duel to the death, I guess. Yeah. So and this literally this page ends literally with the words fight sequence. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And then the, the last scene is also a fight sequence with Emma Peel who how does she escape who's fighting the main villain she just kind of escapes on well, her she, own accord no, she goes down there i think and he's down there getting ready to blow shit up and emma's like yeah no i'm gonna fuck you up and then cartney's like uh, he has some like gay lines i remember i don't remember what he says something about big boys oh yeah there is very impressive now what, uh, what are you like with the big boys <laughs> this <laughs> yeah this script has no has like no action descriptions it's just dialogue so emma slips away and she makes it down into this room where darcy got pit trapped into the into the river right because like fucking steed's busy upstairs having like a 15 minute sword fight <laughs> steed's yeah, just steed flirting, is flirting with, with donald pierce with upstairs. upstairs and like emma's like i'm gonna go kill the villain yeah, goodbye she is she is. She's like, I'm going to kill the villain and stop the explosives from being transported to the cabinet. Like, I'm going to save the world. BRB. Well, she she stumbles on them lifting the quote-unquote fireworks, which right. is all the explosives. Yeah, right. And then Cartney finds her and has a has the whip that she left behind upstairs. And she lost the snake, too, by the way. So who knows where the snake is right now? Yeah, the snake is just hanging out The snake out is, somewhere. like, in front of the fireplace and I got really mad. I'm like, I'm like, don't put a snake in front of the fireplace! It was so bad. Uh, snake is just vibing. So... Cartney is just like, well, I'm just going to whip you and it's going to be very sexual. And then here's, he has a line. Okay, I'm going to read the script. Yeah. Word for please word. Please do. Emma and Pierre fight. <laughs> Cartney, very impressive. Now, what do you like with the big boys? Yeah. Cartney lashes out with the whip. Cartney falls to his death through the floor. That's not what happens. Is that what <laughs> I don't remember that happening, but. It is kind of like he, he kind of like fights her and she dodges the whip a bit. And then he is has worked his way to the middle of the room. Yeah. He tries to whip her and he catches the lever. I thought she had the whip. Opens the Did trap door. Did she not door. have the whip? 
I thought I she managed she to get the it, has right? It. Doesn't she manage to get it at some point? I mean, they have to put it in her hands. You know what I'm going to do? Rewatch the this episode. I'm 90% certain. I'm 90% certain she had the whip and then she whipped it against the handle and pulled it to the doom. I will tell you in moments, mere moments. Okay, well, until then, that's how the episode ends with and Steve and Emma riding away. At horse and carriage. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. We left something out. The Pierre guy she's fighting is like a fucking tiny French ballet yeah, twink. Yeah, why? <laughs> so, so it's like a cat burglar twink is like setting up the explosives and does 60 backflips around the room with, with Emma just standing there in a corset like, why are you here? Yeah. Why am I doing any of this? And then she just kills him. It's Doesn't she do something to like Yeah, I think he like has to go up to her to be killed because she's like, You stop doing backflips? She's just standing there waiting for him to stop. She's also a full head taller than yes, he is. Okay. That's true. Having watched it, no, okay. I'm gonna describe that. So that line in the script happens. Courtney has the whip, he whips her and misses. He whips a second time, catches the lever, and then falls into the pit trap that he was not standing what? over two seconds Amazing. ago. That's it. He's just dead now. So she never gets to hold the whip. That's kind of too bad. I nope. think how Ryan and I both yeah. just transplanted that memory onto the episode because we wanted it to I be the case. Both is like, what if Emma had the whip though? No, <gasps> no, I'm not Ron. I'm watching. I'm watching it too. When he's fighting, she's fighting the ballet dancer, and she definitely has. A chain or something that she's hitting him with. Well, she has a chain that is attached to her arm in some yeah. of these photos that I'm looking at too. So she has a chain. That's what I'm remembering. And she's slinging and then, around. Well, like the actual whip. Yeah, the whip leather whip. No, you're, you're right. And she never takes because literally the the quote unquote fight she has with him is he attacks her, she dodges. He attacks a second <laughs> time, she dodges a second time, and he fucking pit traps himself to death from across the room, which is fascinating. I'm watching it too, because like I, I had to also validate what's happening. Cause I was like, you're describing him. Like I have to see it. Mm -hmm. We need to watch the full episode. She's doing again. like this yeah. whole like video game thing where like you have to get the boss to hit the thing behind you. So you stand in front of it and then you move. Yep. <laughs> yes. I know exactly what that you mean. And true. she like blocks the, the shot and then it hits the lever and like every, it's like, right. you know, she fires a portal, which gun. is hilarious because she has, no way of knowing yeah. that that would no, happen. It just magically ends. Uh, so I rate this episode a five out of five. Oh, yeah. Five out of five. Because uh, I, I loved it. It's great. <laughs> I had a wonderful time. Five, five out of five whips. Five out of five whips. Five out of five X's. Excellent inspiration for Chris Claremont and his fetishes and also the X-Men comics he wrote. Proud of him. And <laughs> Happy for him, um, you know. I guess we could do a quick who's gay before we go have dinner or whatever. Let's do who's gay. The X-Men Everyone it's that's Courtney. not an appeal. <laughs> it's Cartney, it's, baby. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's definitely Cartney. I mean, it's the whole Hellfire Club. You gonna tell me you get like six guys and a bunch of women who are super horny, but also ultra like? I just want to go home. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And you're going to tell me you put them in a basement in cosplay and a dick doesn't get sucked by another dude? No, that definitely happened. It definitely happened. And also, I always think it feels like a weird overcorrection to like insert a bunch of buxom women who are proclaiming how horny they are when everything is so homoerotic. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you can't smoke screen me with these extra boobs on screen. Like, it doesn't take away from the secret male society that is like, dudes, Them dudes, dudes, all other, the way down, like, going into a secret room daring each other to drink and then maybe hook up like that's the entire vibe of this whole thing also the the devil aspect of it all like yeah i mean come on what's what's more forbidden and sinful than same-sex attraction nothing baby so like even just the hellfire club of it all kind of kind of says something about the the so-called deviance that is on display here or rather not on display but uh covert i guess uh so yeah, yeah it's gay also definitely tiny little pierre Mm. Oh, oh, the yeah. little twink at the end? Yeah. The little ballet sure. dancer. The, the little ballet twink. Yeah, the little ballet twink <laughs> yeah. was definitely the queen of sin last week in the Hellfire Club. <laughs> and like this week it's Mrs. Peel, but like that twink has worn that collar before. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my god. You know what? It was he was just he was just me on roller skates with that little caper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, amazing. So highly god, recommend god this episode. Oh, yeah, there's a my... lot of history here that I think is pretty yeah, important to, to the X. I'm really glad we watched it. I'm so glad. And in in my continued attempt to get people to watch this show, this is a very typical Avengers episode. Mm-hmm. And like, then it's fun, it's goofy, it has that mid-Atlantic accent quips. You know, Todd, you didn't even mention how like the episode ends, which you said is how they all end, where it's just them like riding off into the oh, sunset. Oh yeah, where they all ride off into the distance, but there's like some stupid bait and switch. Yeah. Yeah. This one, they're in a horse cart, guys. That's the bait and switch. <laughs> yeah, get it? The the best one, I think, is where it, they make them look like they're in a car, and then it consumes out, and they're in a hot air balloon. <laughs> and they just throw champagne glasses out of it. Like, that was... What? What? <laughs> there, this is Emma Frost and Hank McCoy. This is their show. Yes. It, it no, really is. Truly, okay. <laughs> if you enjoyed the Emma sean dynamic in generation x yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that you will like it actually the is a lot like the emma sean dynamic basically like that yeah especially because like emma peel and steve don't have any sexual tension with each other i wouldn't say like no they, they definitely don't they don't they seem like besties and that's about it like kind of the same that emma and beast would have like that same kind of dynamic of like mutual respect and like mutual weirdoness you know <laughs> Right. Emma's Emma's backstory is that she uh, was married ah. to an Air Force test pilot oh. and, and she's he, a widow. he tragically died. So that's why she's Mrs. Peel as opposed to Miss Peel or Ms. Peel. That's why she's Mrs. Peel. She's still using her husband's name because like it, it wouldn't really be proper. Well, no, that was the time. It was 1961 when the show started airing. So I get it. Right. Yeah. We are already lucky enough that in the 60s, this female lead got to be like an in action star and have seven martial <laughs> yeah, arts like, that she could do and like yeah. be competent so, <laughs> on her own and like fight bad guys. I, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Can I talk about a weird, weird thing that's related to this sure. from, my, from my academic past? So when I was an undergrad, I wrote a paper um, and I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time because I was still an undergrad and I didn't know anything, but I was basically writing about uh, the paper was about quote, warrior women on television. Mm-hmm. And I did, a comparison of Emma Peel to Charlie's Angels. 
to Xena and Buffy. And what it turned out I was doing and didn't know because I was an undergrad and didn't know anything is that I was talking about first wave feminism, second wave feminism, third wave feminism. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and mm-hmm. Emma was a very first wave feminism kind of hero yeah. where she's she's routinely depicted as smarter than Steed. Yep. Right. Like she has multiple advanced degrees. She knows about science and Steed doesn't. Right. She knows more martial arts than he does. He can kind of yeah, get his way knows. into things because of male privilege, but she has to like actually do it the right way or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's not that Steve doesn't know what he's doing, but that like Emma is kind of depicted as like hyper competent, right? Like yep. she's she's an expert in multiple fields and in martial arts. She clearly knows what she's doing while also being like a beautiful woman. I mean, this is what they borrowed mm-hmm. for Emma Frost, right? Same situation. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. But because it's still the 1960s and, you know, the the state of gender politics in the 1960s that she has to downplay it all. She has to be like, oh, yes, I'm just the sidekick. It's fine. Right. Like, it's kind of wink and a nod. Like, yes, I'm doing a lot mm-hmm. of heavy lifting. And she's always classy about it, too. Like, she's right. only ever dry and sarcastic quietly. She's never like, fuck you. Why am I doing <laughs> right. it? Like, that's not the vibe. <laughs> yeah. you know? Like. 2023 Emma Peel would be having very different conversations with Steed is all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Right. But like, I think that's part of her yeah. charm though. For and sure. also I have a really dry sense of humor. And like Maddie said, this show is, it is dry, dry. but it's good. Yeah. Very dry. It's good. Steed and Emma are never worried about anything. Like they are routinely put in mortal peril on this show. They're like about to die and they'll sit there going like, well, at least I don't have any deliveries coming this week. Wait, it's that <laughs> sort of joke, right? Yep. It's great. Yes. I love this show. There are more episodes of it. I haven't seen any of the seasons that don't have Emma on them. So. Uh, it doesn't sound like you need to. People can write in and let us know at themutantages.com if they, if they want Todd to watch all the other episodes. No promises that Ryan and I will. But, uh, <laughs> I kind of want might. to. I mean, it's, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. They actually made a reboot version in the late 70s, early 80s. Maybe it was in the 90s where Patrick Mani was was getting he's passed away now, um, mm-hmm. but he was getting on in years and they made a new team. The New Avengers. Is that what it is? Yeah, the New Avengers. And what that's like, 1976. The, the action like the action girl was played by Joanna Lumley. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. So Patsy was an Avenger once upon a time. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, but like, and it's I nuts. mean, I'm, I'm happy for her. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to go watch some AbFab now is what I'm hearing. All right, well, I got to go. Uh, this was a great app. Uh, follow us at MutantAges.com. Check out Patreon.com slash TheMutantAges for bonus apps. And uh, shout out to Soren B and Samuel B, our top tier Patreon supporters. Wow, Maddie like didn't even like. She's like so hungry. I didn't know we were going to talk about this for no. It's actually that I didn't know we were going to have this long of an episode about this. I uh, didn't warn Dina that this was going to take this long. Dina's like outside waiting for you to eat. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So I'm gonna go and uh... it's the night of all sins. Maddie has somewhere to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm a good wife. I try to be. Um, but yeah, thanks, thanks, Todd, for getting us to actually watch this because I'm really glad we did. I had a really good time. And we will return to the gifted next week and watch another episode about them being like, How are we gonna like walk across this room? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. See you next time, everybody. The
leisurely dinner in a cozy little inn where the claret wines are heavy and the steak is this thick. Ooh. You concentrate on the driving. I'll tell you what I have in mind. 